1: Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting with VIP, Executive Recruiter, and your all-around hiring guru, and it is my goal to help you as a job seeker or as a company looking to build a better culture by bringing you fabulous guests each week and today is no different. Um, So let me introduce our guest for today, which is Hollis Roberts. And she is a career consultant and partner at Career Design Associates. Hollis's goal is to help you create a rewarding and successful career path by maximizing your gifts, talents, and what you love to do most she is a trained career design consultant that may sound familiar to some of y'all we had heather armstrong on a couple or a few weeks ago and an incope linkedin profile expert we're going to find out what that means here in just a moment and today she's here to share her tips for putting your best foot forward with recruiters and hiring managers through the use of your personal marketing collateral we're going to talk about that too that's your resume your cover letters your social media accounts and more so Paulis, thank you for being with us today.
0: Hi, I'm so glad to be here today.
1: Yeah, and so tell us a little bit, you know, you're with Career Design and how you got there and all that good stuff.
0: Sure, yes, I've been with Career Design for a year. Career Design has been around for over 40 years. It's one of the very first change companies in the country. I specialize in helping clients market themselves when they're going through an object career change and I got into my work after spending over 10 years marketing companies. I was um, ready for my own career change and loved working individually with people and decided I would use my skills to help people market themselves towards the job that they really want.
1: What a great pivot. I love that. And, you know, I love that you're so passionate about what you do, because that's my goal, too, is to help people find what they're passionate about so they never work a day in their lives, right? So before we jump right into the resumes, I wanted to kind of get your opinion. You know, I mean, the economy has shifted so much this year, and we're faced with a growing pool of candidates that are struggling to get noticed by employers because unemployment's pretty much at an all-time high still, right? And so I'm curious what advice you might share with people to help them, you know, whether new grads or career changers or job searchers, help them stand out in the marketplace or not stand out, but help them have the right mindset in the marketplace?
0: Yeah, I think there's a few things I could share here. The first I would say is to get really clear on how to actively search for a job. So a lot of folks that I know, they search for a job by applying online, You know, they get their resume ready and apply online, and that's their only search tactic. And then months in, they get really defeated that they're not getting any calls back. And so the first thing I would share is that the job search, um, the way people find jobs has really changed over the years. And so to get themselves familiar with how people really connect with positions, and that's a lot of times through people, so through a recruiter. somebody that they know and that that's really important otherwise you'll get defeated without giving yourself a real chance Um, and the second thing i would say to anyone no matter where you are in your career is to invest in knowing who you are and what you do best because when you're doing work that you are really great at you'll be successful but then it also becomes really easy to market yourself so investing in knowing yourself i think is one of the best things you can do for yourself in your career
1: i happen to agree with you, (laughs) you know, invest in yourself and know what you're good at. You know, do that self-reflection and do that work. And I want to go back to something else you said earlier about getting defeated. And then you get that interview call and you walk in with that defeated mindset. You've already lost the job. Would you agree?
0: I would and I hurts my heart because I see so many clients who come to me after months or even years of not being able to find a job and they they've lost all their confidence in what makes them special and why they should be hired. And it hurts my heart, not only that they lost their confidence, but also that times it's because they're not searching in an effective way, it's not them, it's how they've been going about their search. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage everyone to, really learn about how people get jobs these days and not to wait until, um, you know, you're, you're past the point of, um, having the confidence in yourself to start reaching out and getting support. during
1: You know, I'll tell you a secret, Hollis, that I don't think I've ever shared on the show before. So, you know, I, my first career was in accounting. I did that for 20 years and I'd worked for a company for a very long time and it ended up closing and. I was six months without a job
0: Mm.
1: and it was, and I do what?
0: Did you hit that point of feeling defeated when that happened?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I was in a different space and place in my head at that time. And I know that as I got those interviews after that, I, I know I came across as like, you know, mad almost because I wasn't getting a job and you know, nobody wants to bring that into their culture you know, it's almost Mm self-defeating.
0: I completely agree. I think, um, you know, we don't pay a lot of attention to the energy that we're bringing and how Mm -hmm. that impacts our ability to get a job. And when we get defeated, man, it's just really hard to go in positive and sharing great things about ourselves when the tape that's playing in our head is all negative.
1: Absolutely. Oh, we could go off on that little tangent too about negative scripts, but I'm going to I'm <laughs> going to come back to what we're here to talk about today, which is resumes. So, you know, let's talk about those resumes for a minute and, you know, it's often the first opportunity a job seeker has to present their skills to an employer, right? And right now, employers are getting so many resumes, right? And so a lot of them are getting weeded out by some of the mistakes that, you know, people are making. So what are like the top three mistakes you see?
0: Sure. I think the top mistake that I see is not knowing why they should hire you. So I see so many resumes that talk a lot about their job history, the things that they've done, but it doesn't add up to a story and it Mm -hmm. doesn't really share what sets you apart. So you just share... Oftentimes, you know, I've I've done these tasks in my past jobs and leave it to the employer to decide how you would benefit their company. So the first tip I would give is uh, use a profile summary. Use a summary at the very top, three or four sentences that describe why you. This isn't an objective. Don't put what you're looking for. Put Mm. why they hire you and know that clearly of what sets you apart, what you're great at, and include it there. If there's a single piece of advice I would give, it's that. I think the second thing is that your job experience that you include on a resume does not need to be a historical look back of exactly in a position. What I believe that section is really used for is to prove the point of whatever you have in your summary. So if you said that you're a results-oriented leader, you know, innovative leader, then you just need to include the experiences that show the results that you've given or um, you know created for companies and the different things that you've done to be innovative. So it's using those more strategically as opposed to creating such a literal summary of this is exactly what I did in a position. Um, those are the top two things I would say. And the third is so basic and that is to spell and grammar check. Oh, It is why <laughs> how often... <laughs> I still see a resume that has a mistake in it. Um, you know, I, I encourage changing your resume for every position, but just find a friend or click that little spell check button before you send it off.
1: That and formatting, would you agree?
0: Yes, absolutely. Save as a PDF too, so that anybody receiving it sees it the way you want them to see it. So that yes, helps with formatting.
1: Great advice. Great advice. Um, so, and one of the things that and tell me what you think because you're the expert. Um, that I like to see as a recruiter is I want those dates of employment right justified. So I can quickly scan down through the chronological order to see, you know, number one, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm a recruiter. I'm looking to see how long you've stayed at jobs. You know, if you're, if you're hopping around every year, I, I'm going to want to know why, you know, you know what, you're obviously not finding what makes you happy. So we need to find what makes you happy. So so that's- yeah,
0: and I think a lot of times it's about the story. So I'm not as specific about where your date's need to be as long as they're in the exact same spot everywhere. So either right justify or uh, you know face down a line so that they're on the left-hand side, um, as opposed to sometimes they're all over the place on your resume. Um, but what I do think is that you need to know your story. So if you have changed jobs three times in the last four years, that's not necessarily a knock if you can explain it and that you understand why. And that's why I think that profile summary can be genius because if you learn something about yourself, you have the ability to use that three or four sentences to really explain who you are and get whatever message it is you're looking to get across, across first or front and center.
1: Absolutely. So I want to go back and talk about new grads because they, man, everybody's like, we want experience. And we're like, but here, somebody's got to give us a chance to get experience, right? Um, And I know you specialize in helping these new grads and kind of writing their story. Um, What advice can you share to help new grads create a resume that showcases their knowledge and skills, even though they don't have that experience? Yes,
0: I love, love, love working with new grads because first, there are so moldable right there, they don't have any expectations other than to get hired. And I always tell folks to, um, even though you really just want a job, you want to start making money to know what it is you want to do because passion comes across and so oftentimes we want to water ourselves down just to be open for any opportunity, but that doesn't actually help. So knowing what you want and why you should be hired is still really important. Even when you don't have a career history yet. The second is you likely do have experience. You just are not labeling it there. So if you have not had a professional job yet, is to think through any leadership positions that you've held, any class projects where you've been the leader. You know, If you were a bartender or worked retail, there are some great experiences that you can pull out. So it's less about what you've done and more about being able to strategically see how those experiences you've had qualify you for what you're looking for next. So get really creative because um, when you can show that thought strategy, it goes a long way. And you are never done being able to create your resume. So if you really see you've never even held a job before um, or every job is asking that you know Excel and you just don't know it, get those experiences. So you can take a training, or better yet, you can work with a nonprofit or shadow someone. I mean, most small businesses would love to get a free marketing campaign that you now can put on your resume or get a free data analysis of their website. I mean, it, there are a lot of ways to get experiences if you're just willing to get creative.
1: That is awesome. And of course, there's internships, right? Hopefully, you've looked at those internships, which would get you that experience that you'd want to list on your resume as well. So, and yeah. you know.
0: Go ahead. I was going to say, I really encourage everyone, too, if they're uh, in college still, to consider starting your job search a year before, because when you start looking at job postings a year before, you really have an opportunity to start gaining experiences. So that's when you can take a strategic look at the gaps you might have to get that entry level position and take the leadership position on a class project, or get the internship, or, you know, just gives you more room. So I always suggest starting a little earlier than you think.
1: That is, that's a golden nugget right there. I have not heard that strategy before, and that is fantastic. That's great advice. So for those of you who missed it, if you are about to graduate, a year before you graduate, start looking at those job postings and see what skills you need to up the game on for when you graduate. Take a very proactive approach. I love that. Love that.
0: You know, along that line, Casey, I always suggest that everybody do that. Once a year, go on and look at what the skills are right now in your industry and just make sure that you're always marketable because you will be a happier employee at your organization if you have walkaway ability. If you are not stuck, you are choosing to be there. You will be happier in your job because you know you can always leave and go somewhere else. So I think it's just a best practice every year for everyone.
1: That's Another one. I need some mics in here to drop something to kind of punctuate these little golden nuggets. That's really good. I like that. You know, and as you were saying that in my head, I'm thinking, but I don't want to go anywhere and I'm certainly not going to look on my work computer. Right. But, but that makes a lot of sense because I really don't want to go anywhere, but I feel like I could, but I'm not because I love my company and they pay for the podcast. So (laughs) I know
0: it is so great practice. I mean, employers would love to know that you're gaining your and bettering yourself because now it means that you're working at a place that allows you to do things that you love and grow your professional self so you're more likely to stay too.
1: So, absolutely than- and i just want to say that you know when it comes to these new grads and i i wish so much i had had you when i graduated and before i chose my, actually before i graduated before i chose my career path because You know, I I was stuck in a career I did not love for 20 years. And not that it was a waste of time. You know, everything, good comes out of everything, right? And it helped me understand better to recruit for what I do now for accounting and finance. But still, if I'd have had somebody that said, no, 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 you're not wired to be an accountant. You need to be talking to people all day long. It probably would have helped me out a little bit.
0: Yes, I know. I think a lot of us end up getting into jobs we think we're supposed to have. And don't really take an assessment of the things that we are really great at. Instead, we look at who we think we're supposed to be to get where we think we're supposed to be. I just love working with. even high schoolers and college students to start having that conversation about what are you great at and how can you continually take an inventory of the things that you're loving, because as you get new experiences, you start learning skills that you're really great at, or things that you're really passionate about, you know, so you can really own your own start. very continue. And, you know, that's where that self-awareness piece comes in. And then again, employers for that, that you understand yourself, and the tools you can bring
1: at any situation, so it's such a win-win. Yeah, that is so, so amazing, and I love that, and I'm hoping that we can eventually kind of revolutionize where we start or how we direct kids. Like, you know, I was always, I was told in school I was always good at math, so you should go be an accountant, but I don't like math, you know? So I think that, I, I just think those assessments that look at who you are at the core are so important, so... And and do you guys have an assessment that you use that's similar to that?
0: We do. We actually have a series of assessments that we use, and it differs depending on whether somebody's in high school, college, or, you know, into their career, which mix that we use. We're really passionate about taking a holistic look at who someone is, and they're really passionate about doing. Often we're passionate about things that we're also so at. And um, it's it's really thinking about that mix that's important. and knowing that there are a lot of jobs out there you have no idea that exists and it's more common than you think to create capitalizes on what you're good at and so I agree it's a lot about it getting experience and knowing what's out there otherwise we go off that list of five or ten careers given by our college counselor and pick one on the list and say I'm good at science, I should be a doctor, when really there's a whole lot more to you than just great
1: advice. That is so, so true. So I know, and like when I was talking to you the other day, we were doing a little pre-conversation on this, and you just get really excited when we start talking about this, because you look at the resume more in a holistic view. And so, and I know you call that the marketing collateral, but so another piece of that is the LinkedIn profile. So what are some things that you often see missing or not addressed in people's LinkedIn profiles?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing I see on LinkedIn profiles is that people misunderstand how a profile can be used. So I like to tell my clients, think of your personal branding page. And immediately that will change how you think of it. Because this isn't just a place so you can have an account and talk on LinkedIn. This is a place where to share your career. And just like any website for any product or company, you know, there's always a landing page. That first page lands on when they put in your URL. And whatever you see the first part of the screen is most important. And that's the same for your LinkedIn profile. That your headline, your photo, banner image, and the first lines of your about summary are the most important. So pay attention to what people are seeing and what message you're giving, um, giving out by going to your own page and seeing what is the experience somebody gets when they visit my page. And when you start viewing it as your own personal landing page, it's something that you can build for your career instead of this place that you have to go when you want a job and you refresh once every 10 years it becomes a really important piece for you.
1: Absolutely. I feel like mine is like turning into like a little monster because it's got so many different (laughs) things. And I think people maybe you need to go look at mine and check it out because I feel like people look at it and they're like, So, what does she do? She does this, she does this, but what does she do? You know, because I have so much on there, but you know, I do all those things and I like that. You're
0: kind of the jill of all three, so it's really a reflection of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about headshots for a minute because. You, your LinkedIn profile photo is the place many employers will go to put a face to a name as they read the resume, which may, we can talk about that too, because I might have an issue with that. But what advice can you share with people regarding their headshots?
0: Yeah, I think it's really simple. Have a photo where you're smiling.
1: Yes. You're the
0: only one in the frame and you have a background. So by blank, I mean, it can be trees, but there's just it, where you are the front and center to the photo and make sure you're smiling. It's so interesting because even when somebody gets a professional headshot, sometimes it's actually worse because they start doing this serious look thing where you know they're giving like a straight face and they really don't look approachable. So it's much better to um, just make sure that you look like you are approachable, you're smiling, you're friendly. I mean, those are all really important things for your photo, not that it was professionally shot. I, again, I would rather it be, you know, your best friend took a picture of you in your own house than something that looks overdone and and not friendly.
1: And and I just want to point out, because I look at profiles all day long on LinkedIn, so I see a lot of crazy pictures, I'm going to just tell you. Um, (laughs) Just to add to that, I recommend, like you said, it's you, not your family, not your dog, it's you, right? And then yeah. the other thing, remember, this is a professional website. This is not Facebook. I yeah. seriously came across somebody in a bikini.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it's really interesting what people choose to put up there. I, I actually heard a lot of folks, too, who um, they don't want their employer to find out that they're searching for jobs, so they don't want to put a picture at all. And this has so much uh, flawed thinking to me because first this is a page you can have throughout your entire career not just when you're looking for a job mm-hmm. and also it, it's i and you tell me if i'm wrong but it's seen as almost a fake account and not valid if there's no picture at all so if somebody just has one of those little gray yeah you know, um, people that shows that they're not active on their account or maybe it's not legit so it's not doing any favors to not put a photo on there I agree. And I won't go off on my tangent about pictures right now. (laughs) Um,
1: So what about other social media profiles? What are your thoughts on that? And, you know, how can they help or hurt a candidate in the process?
0: So I like to think of your online presence as your online reputation. So when you put it in marketing terms, you know, that's your online reputation. Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. always recommend that everyone go and Google themselves. Put your name in, if you have a common name, put your name in your city and see what comes up. What comes up on that first page is your reputation, your online reputation. So if you are a CEO, perhaps it might be news articles where you're cited, podcasts you've been on, things like that. And that's great. You know, if you don't have as much or if you're really active on, on some different social media platforms, it might be Facebook that's coming up. And if that's the case, click on that and see what other people are seeing. So just see what's out there about you Um, and also that helps you be aware you know if you have a criminal history of any sort that will pull up in there so know what other people are seeing and um, actually click through to see what the experience is like when somebody goes to one of those pages and facebook is probably one of the biggest areas that you can control and decide what people are seeing Mm -hmm. You you can set your page to private And if it's not private, then be aware that that is part of your reputation. So if it's all you partying out at night, you know, drunk pictures, you know, understand that that's part of what an employer's seeing about who you are. So I think private is better, but if if not, then just make sure it speaks to who you really are and what you want people to see about
1: you. I I think you're absolutely correct about that, about marking that stuff private, especially if you're in the middle of a job search, um, just because in, I'll I'll tell you, I've had an offer rescinded one time because of something that somebody was posting on Twitter and she was posting about her current job on Twitter. And
0: you know, I I think we often don't realize too, it's not just what we post. Somebody can come on and post something on it, something we have up and that says just as much about us of a nasty comment a friend has on our page. So setting the private is much better.
1: I 100% agree. so what other marketing collateral do you think helps candidates stand out above the rest?
0: Anything else? I think it's really about taking a look at what is your brand? What are you saying about who you are and what you do best and what's the best method to showcase that? And it's different for everyone in every industry. You know, For example, to that person whose results oriented is just- attention to what am I saying on my resume, on my LinkedIn profile, are there any case studies that I can pull together and put with my profile and my my resume, Um, but more importantly, what are we saying in each of those meetings, showcasing that I'm results-oriented, you know, on LinkedIn, can I have a client uh, give me a recommendation based on the results they saw when they worked with me? So just really thinking through what is said in each of those pieces and i think that one of the um, most under appreciated pieces of your marketing collateral is your elevator speech you know as i said at the beginning a lot of people find jobs through somebody that they know you know those relationships really matter so it's more about how you talk about yourself off the cuff and that word of mouth marketing you can gain by giving that clear message about who you are, what you do best, and what type of position you're looking for. And over time, you know, someone's going to hear that there's a company hiring and and tell them about you, if you've done that word of mouth marketing correctly. So elevator pitch is a huge deal, I believe.
1: I call it a commercial.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: <laughs> so, and the reason I call it a commercial as opposed to an elevator pitch is, I mean, it's short and sweet, like an elevator pitch, but, You wanna have a hook because people have a choice whether or not to listen to you unless you're in an elevator, right? But even then they can still kinda tune you out. But you want a hook. All commercials, if they're good, they have a hook to keep you from changing that channel.
0: I'm now changing what I say. This continues long (laughs) that much commercial, I
1: there, there's, I always use an example with my uh, candidates when I'm prepping them and telling them about the commercial. Do you remember the commercial that aired at um, so- Super Bowl called Puppy, Monkey, Baby? No. Okay. So Puppy, Monkey, Baby was a puppy, puppy on the bottom. No, puppy on top, monkey in the middle, baby on the bottom. And it was getting everybody to do a conga line, Right. And it's like, but you sit there and you watch this and it's going puppy, monkey, baby, puppy, monkey, baby. And then it just sticks in your head. And so what I tell my candidates, I was like, I want you to be the puppy, monkey, baby. I want you to be dancing in their heads while they're meeting with other candidates. That's how strong your hook needs to be.
0: That's fantastic. I love that analogy. And I agree completely. Because a lot of folks when they start out building their commercial They start out with the things that everybody else does too, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I heard about an account manager who can really build relationships, I'd be a millionaire because that's the basic core need for that role. So keep going, you know, I try to go five or six layers deep to figure out what do you really do? What's the common thread that you've brought to every job and every company you've been at? Because there's something there beyond just that you can do the job.
1: I love it. I love it. Hollis, you are not going to believe this. We are almost out of time. I mean, this is just (laughs) flown by. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll talk again. We'll put some time on the calendar. Um, But I definitely want to ask you our VIP questions. So are you ready? Because these are very different. All right. I'm ready. Okay. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you?
0: I am really big on my relationships, so I think I would bring Go my husband, my Go father. deeper, Hollis. Go deeper. Just kidding. <laughs> I know, and I'd bring my phone because, honestly, all I want to do is talk all day long. So I need people and I need a phone so when they're done uh, hearing me that I've got somebody else to call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what is one thing you do each day to set your day up for success or each morning?
0: I start my day off every morning by stretching. As I've gotten older, uh, you know, my body needs it. But even more than that, I feel like it's 10 minutes to set aside and start my day off for me. The rest of the day, everybody else needs me. But spending those 10 minutes on me is just very empowering and really gives me calm.
1: Are you familiar with Hal Elrod and The Miracle Morning?
0: No, but I'll check it out.
1: Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And he just connected with me on LinkedIn. So I'm just speaking it out in the universe that he's going to be a guest on the show someday. So, but anyway, that's one of the things he talks about is savers and it's a morning ritual that he has put together that all successful people do and movement or exercise is for sure. One of them that needs to be done. So definitely. I love that. I
0: I'll, I'll watch and listen whenever you have them on.
1: Okay, there, I love it. It's done. (laughs) All right, my final question for you. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be?
0: I think it would be, she helps people get where they wanna go. That's my common thread I've had throughout my career. And I think uh, even throughout my personal life too, is I just really love helping them achieve the things they hope to achieve in this world. So that would be mine.
1: Well, you do a great job at it, you know, and I just couldn't be prouder to, you know, be a strategic partner with you guys and be able to send people over there and not worry about it, not worry that they're going to get the help that they need. So thank you again for that.
0: We love you so much, Casey, and thank you again <laughs> for having me on today.
1: Well, I just, oh, how do people find you?
0: Oh, yes, um, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Hollis Roberts, or at career-design.com. Those are the two best ways.
1: Awesome. Well, I just have one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. I
0: love it. Thank you again. I really
1: appreciate it. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.